Hello everyone, good to see you. My name is Anke Milman. Our website is cwowi.eu, Church Without Walls International. We are part of a house church network, worldwide network of house churches. If you are interested, go to our website. You, if you go there, you find a lot of articles about different subjects uh, and translated in many different languages. So if English is not your main language, we have articles uh, translated into German, into Finnish, uh, into Polish and other languages. So go there, cwowi.eu. But today I want to talk to you about the word redeemed or redemption. Oftentimes we think, well, I know what it means. It means that I'm set free, that the Lord bought me, that he uh, set me free, cleansed me from my sins and so on. But I want today I want to go and look a little bit deeper into the word redeemed and how it was meant and how it was understood in the time of uh, um, of Jesus, actually, of the New Testament. Okay, and it's good to talk about basic subjects because it's good to hold fast what you believe. And the Bible says many times, bring back to remembrance. And Paul says to Timothy, for instance, you have to hold fast the pattern of sound words which you have heard of me. And he says, do not depart from the things you have learned and be assured of. So you know what you have learned, what you have been assured of. And I hope that you know and will be assured of what the word redeem and being redeemed means. And I believe if you have no clear understanding yet, if you do, it will set you free. So I pray, Father, that you open the eyes of our understanding and fill us with the knowledge of your will in Jesus name. So what does the word redeem mean? Well, we have a lot of verses that talk about redeem. For instance, in Titus chapter two, verse 14, he said, I'm sorry, he says, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. So here, the word redeemed, uh, used here, actually is one of the most important words, I think, in the entire New Testament. So when you go to his historical roots, that's, that's what I want to do. I found a wonderful book of a person who studied Greek, and this is what he says about the word redeemed. He says, in New Testament times, slaves were very costly. When a slave purchaser came into the slave market because he wanted to, to buy a new slave, his eyes would roam over all the slaves for sale and he searched for the one he wanted to buy. And after pinpointing the slave who seems to fit his needs, he was allowed to inspect the slave's condition. And every slave buyer, of course, wanted to check out the slave before he puts his money on the table, right? It's like when you will go... Uh, uh, to a car dealer, you want to buy a second-hand car, you want to know its condition before you pay for it, right? But the inspection included physical beating, beating the slaves to see how he would respond to abuse and to see how much wear and tear he could take on the job. The buyer was also allowed to open the slave's mouth, look at his teeth to see if they were rotten or in a good shape, and he tried to establish his physical condition before making an offer to purchase him. Sounds logical, right? And if the buyer decided to proceed with the purchase after the inspection was completed, it was time for the next stage of the process. And that was the moment when the slave was put on the auction block because there were more were others who wanted to buy a slave. And when the auctioneer knew that the buyer really had set his, uh, his eyes on a specific slave, he would take that as a signal to push the price for that slave as high as possible. And if the buyer continues to show interest in that same slave, 
That would let the auctioneer know that he could demand a completely unreasonable price and probably get it. You can compare it to the house market uh, some time ago. Prices were ridiculous because people needed a house so they could ask any price they wanted and get it. So all of the images are contained in the word redemption. And the word redemption comes from the Greek word lutro, L-U-T-R-O-O. And that is the word used here in Titus 2.14. So this Greek word means that a person, it depicts a person who paid a very, very high price to obtain the slave of his choice. And once the price was paid and the offer was accepted, once the offer was accepted and uh, paid for, that slave became the slave owner's personal property. However, that word was also used in another way. At times, a caring and a compassionate individual would come to the slave market for the sole purpose of purchasing slaves out of the slavery, to liberate them and to set them free. And in this case, the payment offered was viewed as a ransom. And the money was paid to obtain the freedom for the slaves. And because Paul used the word lutro to denote the work that Christ did, that he redeemed, that redeemed us, it tells us several important things. And I hope it says, it tells you several important things. First of all, Jesus came to the world to Satan's slave market because he was looking for us and he was looking for you and he was looking for me. And he knew he wanted us and he wouldn't be satisfied until the purchase was complete. He was willing to pay any price demanded to purchase us and to purchase us and free us from the slave market. And he bought us with his own blood. He purchased us for himself and he gave us freedom from Satan's power, freedom from the slave market. Our freedom was very, very expensive. And the price Jesus paid for us was the highest price ever paid for a slave because it was his own blood. Someone had to end the slave market, so Jesus chose to go. And someone had to offer a price. So Jesus offered to pay the price for your freedom with his own blood. And now you might understand some scriptures even better than before. For instance, 1 Peter 1, 1st chapter 18 and 19, it says, Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ. 1 Corinthians 6.20 says, You were bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. Right? You are not your own. You were bought with a price, so you belong to the one that bought you. 1 Corinthians 7.23, You were bought at a price. In 2 Peter, 2 chapter verse 1, it says, it talks about false prophets and false teachers, and it says they are denying the Lord who bought them. Again, there's that... That, that, that picture of that Jesus bought us and he paid a high price. It was his own blood. Revelation 5, 9 says, you were slain, talking about the Lord, you were slain and you have redeemed us to God by your blood. And I especially love this uh, verse in Ephesians first chapter, verse 4. He says, he chose us in him. See, like that slave owner went to the slave market. He set his eyes on you. He chose you. He chose you and me in him. It says, even before the foundation of the world, can you imagine, before he, he created the world and everything that's around us, he already picked you out, he chose you. The Amplified Bible says he picked us out and selected us for himself as his own. Amazing. What an amazing grace. First Peter 2, verse, uh, first Peter 2, verse 9 says, 
but you are a chosen generation, his own special people, that you may, might proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And chosen, that word chosen means that he, that one is picked out from a larger group for special services or privileges. And he called you means he invites you. And so he is still calling you. If you don't know him yet and you hear about it, that Jesus already picked you out before the foundation of the world and he set his eyes on you and he wanted to buy your, your, your freedom from the slave market, from Satan's slave market and he bought it. He shed his blood already. The price is paid, but it's up to you. He's inviting you and calling you to accept his offer. Ephesians, first chapter, verse seven, it says, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. And another wonderful scripture, Colossians 1, 13, it says, he has delivered us from the power of darkness. Think about that. He has delivered us. It's not something he's going to do today or tomorrow. He has already done it. And he conveyed or he transferred us into the kingdom of the son of his love. So first you were part of the kingdom of darkness, but now he transferred you into the kingdom of the son of his love. Maybe you are, when you are a, a soccer leaf haver or football, like we say in the Netherlands, there are a lot of transfers. You know, when one player first belongs to this, uh, let's say to Ajax, and then he's transferred to Barcelona, Spain or whatever. So a price is paid for by, uh, um, by Barcelona or whatever. He's transferred from one uh, of the other, actually transferred means, officially the word means, the, the deportation or the transference of captured armies or populations from one country to another. You are no part, uh, you do not belong to the kingdom of darkness anymore. You are transferred into the kingdom of light. So legally, Satan has totally no authority over you anymore. Ephesians 5, 8 says, you were once darkness. Now you are light in the Lord. So walk as children of light. Walk in the truth of redemption. Use your authority. That will help us uh, get us free, keep us free from anything. And when you know the truth about it, that truth will set you free. John 8, 32, when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. Okay, you have to know and to understand and have that revelation that you are bought with a price and that you are transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the son of his love. You were darkness. Now you are light. Now you walk in it. Many people think, oh, I have to go. I feel still, I still feel like I'm bound or there's some, I need some kind of deliverance. But there are no deliverance meetings in the New Testament. There was one big deliverance meeting, you know, and that was 2000 years ago. And that was what Jesus did on the cross. When he shed your blood, he set you free. That was the deliverance meeting. We are no longer under the authority of darkness. And that is part of your redemption. But a lot, of, a lot of times I think we grow into freedom as we renew our mind. And that's why Paul kept praying for the revelation for the churches. So you don't have to obey Satan or listen to his lies because that's the only weapon he has. Lie to you, uh, suggest to you that you are still bound to sin, suggest to you that you are not a child of God, suggest that your sins are not forgiven. He, he works with lies, but once you know the truth, you will recognize a lie. Right. Once you know the truth, when you know what is true, you will see what is false. And when you don't know the truth, you will go for the false. And that was what happened a lot in the world today. People just believe anything because they don't know the truth. 
So we are no more slaves. Next week I want to go uh, um, with you together to Colossians 2.15, what Jesus did on the cross, what actually happened to Satan. And when you see that, you will see, wow, he has no authority over me at all. I am redeemed. He bought me free. He set me free. Just why? Just because he loved me. And he did it even before the foundation of the world. Can you imagine? And he says he is wonderful. He set us free here. Ephesians. Ephesians. Let's go there. I can't. I cannot recall it by, by, by head. So, uh, my head. Ephesians two, uh, two eight. It says. It says. It says. Well, just a minute. It says. Okay. Even when we were dead in our trespasses. No. I first go one first. Uh, Ephesians two four. God who is rich in mercy. Because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive in Christ, together with Christ. By grace you've been saved. He raised us up together, made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Why? Why did he do that? Because he loved you so much, but also that in the ages to come, he might show us the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace... You have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It's the, it's the gift of God. Uh, yeah, it's the gift. So it was grace. It was totally in his heart to set you free, to buy you free because he loved you so much. And not only for your time here on the earth, but for eternity. There are ages to come. And in the ages to come, he wants to show us the riches of his grace, who he is. We have an amazing, an amazing future. When you look around in the world, you might get, get afraid, but you go back to the word, what the word says. And your future is amazing and it is set and you are part of his kingdom wow i hope to see you next week bye bye or next time bye bye